It's a Learn to Discern class, LTD, and we have plenty of booklets, I think, back there. There's a few up here, Leroy. And um, we never have modest goals, uh, really, in these things. Uh, we are trying to help uh, each other to use the Word of God um, every day, all day long, to discern every piece of information that comes our way, every idea that comes our way, every decision that comes our way. Uh, a follower of Jesus Christ is to be trained to be able to use the words of God, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, to live differently, to live for God, to live by the words of God. That's the whole point of Matthew 4. And Jesus going through what he went through in Matthew 4, uh, after his baptism, um, he went through a whole set of things that show us uh, discernment, what is true, what is not true. Um, you and I are live in a world where uh, there is tremendous confusion. Uh, who, is the, who is the author of confusion, by the way? Satan, the author of confusion. Mr. Chaos himself uh, does not like order, does not like peace, hates the truth. Hates the truth. Um, the truth is kind of a hard thing in some ways, uh, but we find out by what God did in Jesus Christ, we find out that God knows how to help us come to understand the truth. He knows how to do this. So we just need to pay attention to what he has developed as a plan and what he is saying. That's all we need to do is to pay attention to what God is saying. Uh, we have a whole set of things we're going to go through and we're going to review a little bit from last week since we just started last week uh, briefly, uh, at least the uh, key lessons. Uh, I told Ricky ahead of time he can jump in anytime he wants to. Uh, he can say whatever he wants to. Uh, he and I may go back and forth. It's very interesting when we are teaching and preaching uh, a big part of the time, we're not sitting down and coordinating every piece of content, but it's interesting because we're both in the Word a lot and using the same basic approach. We overlap. You know, God's Holy Spirit is overlapping what is being taught and preached constantly, which is a great blessing. It's a, it's a clarifier, and it's very helpful in terms of strengthening the body. Um, so I'm saying that in case I get in on a roll, Ricky. Uh, just jump right in there, man. <laughs> okay. Um, before we get started, let's, uh, let's talk to the Father. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being who you are, for being the God of love, being the source of all truth, of all pure and holy love. Thank you for being the source of all that is good. Uh, Father, thank you for 
giving us hope, for encouraging us, for trying to teach and instruct us and correct us. Father, thank you for all the ways that you have exerted uh, who you are uh, in your creation and in your living word, uh, Father, and most of all, through your son's living example and sacrifice. Father, thank you for showing us who you are so clearly. Help us to start there. Help us to stay right there in terms of who you are, your character, your mercy, your patience, your gentleness. Father, help us to learn all of this from you every day through your Son as we follow your Son. And help us this morning as we dig into your word and please guide us and bless us and uh, clarify things for us so that we can become stronger in worshiping you in spirit and in truth throughout every day that we're on earth. And I pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Okay, so. Last time, let me just ask you very quickly, where did we say, say it was the, the right place to start when you are seeking to know the truth? Where do you go first? Okay, this, these things are true. You go to the source of all things. You actually want to know the truth about all things, you go to the source of all things. The one who made everything. The one who thought up everything. The one who assigned meaning to everything. You go to him. You go to him. Now this is part of the problem with human beings, <laughs> is that sometimes human beings get distracted. You ever notice that? Highly distractible. <laughs> human beings, yes. <clears throat> so it's interesting that from the beginning of the Bible to the end, God spends all of this energy not only telling us the history of the world, but revealing himself to us. He reveals a whole set of things that are true. And you can know they are true. Why? Because they come from the source of all things, the source of all good. And what did we establish last time? What, what was it that the Apostle Paul said about God, the character of God, that we said this is part of the starting place. Uh, it's on that first page. Right, exactly. And Titus, he's telling Titus, an evangelist in Crete that he trained, he's reminding him that the God who cannot lie. And then, in another place, we, we see this wording out of Hebrews 6.18, it is impossible for God to lie. 
it's the same kind of wording in terms of it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible for God to lie. Why? Because he originated everything. He was the original assigner of meaning to everything. So you have to go to him to get the meaning. This is the way it is. And actually, this is very logical, you know. Your brain actually identifies there's some logic to this. And human beings kind of know intuitively that this makes sense. You want to find something out, you go to the source, right? Don't be taking hearsay. Don't be walking around, you know, polling everybody. You're not, you're not going to get the truth, truth that way. You go to the source. Um, so these are the, the starting uh, places for us. We go to the source of all things. There are a set of questions that, that human beings will ask, they need to ask, uh, but a lot of it has to do with uh, the character of God, coming back to the character of God. Whenever there are disagreements among Christians, one of the things that has to happen is that people have to come back and fully, fully accept the character of God. Everything that he explains about himself, starting, starting with what Paul and the Hebrew writer are saying, uh, you know, if, if you do not accept what God is saying about himself, you put yourself in jeopardy immediately. And we saw that in the garden. We saw that in the Garden of Eden. If you do not accept the words coming from God's mouth, the source of all things, the one who maintains and sustains all things, you put yourself in jeopardy. Okay? Now this is so far away from what the world is dealing with. The world is like, well, you prove to me that there is a God. You spend the rest of your life trying to prove to me. Because I don't believe it. Well, that's interesting. What does the living God who made that person say about a human being who actually says in their heart, there is no God? What does he say? That person is a fool. That's what God says. This is not being, God's not being mean. God is speaking the truth. Okay, this is in Psalms. Um, he is speaking the truth. Now, there's a whole set of, of scriptures that we'll, we'll get to uh, related to this. And I'm going to read a couple of things that, that Jesus was talking about. Um, but there are passages all the way back in Isaiah that, that identify some of these things connected to the character of God. And that there is a guarantee. There's a guarantee. That what God says is true. He's the only person who is true. This is why the Apostle John talks about Jesus and about the Father. He's talking about the only true one. Jesus comes to show us the only true one. This is why Jesus comes saying, there's none good walking around on earth. There's only one good. He's the source of good. So don't be letting human beings distract you with a bunch of nonsense questions and assertions 
that have nothing to do with the one who made it all and who he is. Because you are in bad territory immediately. You're in bad territory. Um, so so we, have to, we have to back up over and over. And we actually, you know, what's, what's said in the word of God is it's born out in history too. So, um, you know, it's not just a matter of, hey, I believe these things and I have a strong conviction about these things. And then you go and talk to somebody else. I believe these things. You should believe these things too. It's not just that. It's that I, I was seeking the truth. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, comes as the truth, the only true one, the truth. I am the truth, the way, life. He is, he's it. He's the source. And there are multiple verses in the New Testament that talk about uh, Jesus being able to take up life. He's the originator of life. He has the power over life. How can he resurrect people? He has the power of life. He is the source of life. He comes into the world. He said, you know, I am, I am the bread of life come down from heaven. He's the source. These people were dealing with him as a mere human being, because he was the son of man, but he was the son of God. And as John says very clearly in the beginning, as Paul says in Colossians 1, John 1 tells us very, very clearly who Jesus is. And Paul follows that up in detail in almost every letter. The fullness of God was in him. He was full of what? Jesus Christ was full of what? Truth and grace. He is the source of life. He is the source of truth. So of course when you come to him and you hear him speak, of course he's going to say to you, you will know the truth. If you, if you follow me, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So what we want for other people around us is to know the truth. Not just be like us and go to church. We want them to know the truth about themselves, about God, about life, about history, about the way the world works. We want them to know the truth because the truth will set them free. Jesus Christ is the truth. He comes explaining things to us, demonstrating things to us in his own living, straight from the Father. I'm not doing this of my own volition, on my own. I'm not a free agent, Jesus says. I in bringing to you what the Father gives to me. I'm saying to you what the Father is saying. I'm living by every word of the Father. So he's showing us, as human beings, how to do this. What was busted up in the Garden of Eden, he's showing us how to do this. He, he is the way to repair it. And then listening to his truth, holding to his teaching, living by all of his teachings, holding to the truth, we become more like him. We actually become truer. Truer people. We end up lying less, fudging less. We end up not being as arrogant as we were before. And you know, it's a process, the whole thing is a process. But he brings us 
into the light, into the truth, and the next thing you know, even though it's hard, even though it's hard to accept the truth about yourself, you can. Because Jesus Christ is full of not only truth, but what? Grace. Grace. This is why Jesus Christ was able to reconcile all things, all things to the Father through himself. Grace and truth. Human beings would explode into many pieces just to know the truth and not be held in the grace hand of God. But Jesus Christ comes and he sets you free. And Paul tells the Corinthians, he says, you know what? He says, you know what? You, when you became a Christian, a veil was taken away. You know that? Did you ever realize that? When you decide that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh and he is the only source of truth and you follow him, you commit yourself to him, you are baptized into Christ the way Jesus Christ talked about, the way he shows in Matthew 3, makes his cousin baptize him, he shows you this is how you come into the kingdom. This is what he's talking to Nicodemus about in John 3. This is how you come into the kingdom. But when you come into the kingdom, guess what happens? Peter says, all of you who repented, you repent and you're baptized, you receive what? It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes to reside in you. And this is straight out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is explaining the Father and I, this is John 14, the Father and I will come and we will reside in you. We will make our home in you. That's what Jesus says. We'll make our oikos. You will be the, the oikos, the home of God. Like a living temple. And Paul explains that to the Corinthians. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living in you. And guess what happens? When you have the Spirit of God in you, and He is holy, and He's trying to help you to become holy, guess what happens? The veil is taken away. And a bunch of the stuff that, about our own arrogance and our own pride, and we don't want to be corrected, and we rebel against certain things, a lot of that gets dealt with in our submitting to Christ. And the truth, because we're in the grace of God now, Romans 6 starts off talking about grace, right? You're united with Christ in baptism, but it's about grace. He's pouring out his grace on you. you. You can't affect that. Only God can affect that. And when he does, the Holy Spirit brings freedom. That's what Paul says to the Corinthians. He brings freedom. Where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you are feeling like you're all tied up in knots, something's wrong. And this is a great use for learn to discern. You need, you need God to help you get out of any kind of slavery going on in your mind, in your heart. You need him to show you clearly you are free because he has expended all of his power, all of his wisdom to free you in Jesus Christ. And he gives you his Holy Spirit 
His Holy Spirit is at work in you. Even if you don't know exactly how that works, He is. He is at work, and He's trying to help you and I become holy like His Son. Now, we can't just keep on going like we were going before, right? If you're following Jesus Christ, you actually have to pay attention to His example. Uh, the example of his living. And uh, so let's just take a moment, and um, there's so many things to cover, but I want us just to look for a moment in, in John chapter 8. I, I hope you appreciate what Jesus is saying here. Uh, look at John 8, 44. <coughs> 8, 44. Now, this is fairly early on in Jesus' teaching. But this passage, now, by the way, I, I said to some other folks, I want you to scribble in this booklet. I want this booklet to be totally scribbled in all the white space. That's why I left white space. Uh, there, you're going to be writing down at least 100 passages. Okay, now there's a lot already in here printed. You're going to be writing down a hundred passages out of the Word of God having to do with how to discern, how to learn to discern. And this is one you need to write down. Starting with John 8.44. I'm, I'm not even going to give you the context. He says, for you are the children of your father, the devil. Oh, man. If you're a speaker out in public, this is not like the first thing you probably should start off with. But These particular people were quite despicable. You, you know that there are some really... Uh, brutal, evil people in the world, right? You know that, right? Uh, yesterday, 13 of us, including Alan Pratt and Neil and Chiang and Sean and Kwesi and a few other people, we met with an evangelist who trains preachers in Middle Eastern countries and makes disciples secretly in countries that I can't mention. And there are churches of Christ in every totalitarian country on the face of the earth, partly because of men courageous like this man that Dan Hager brought to us yesterday. But every single person there were 3,000 3, and some people that had been baptized uh, in the Middle East out of this work. Yeah. And we actually have uh, copies of, uh, of that newsletter related to that back here on a table when you go out that door. Uh, some of it can't be talked about in detail, but because these people that had been baptized would be executed immediately, and probably their whole family. Now, you also know that even though it's not on CNN, hundreds and hundreds of thousands 
of people who call themselves Christians have been exterminated. The last 12 years, more Christians have been exterminated in the Middle East and Africa than ever before in modern history. Hundreds of thousands. And we might say, okay, well, they, they said they were Christians, but they were willing to die. And in some cases, one of the things that we saw pictures of, if they were caught holding a holy Bible, their hand was taken and put into a machine there's a grinder that slices it up into little pieces so they will never hold the word of God with that hand again. And other people's hands and feet were chopped off because they believed in Jesus Christ. Do you have the guts? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, at this point, I'm just saying these people, they called themselves Christian and they had the guts to die if necessary right now, right now, because they know who Jesus Christ is. And we've got a lot of people sitting at church buildings all over the place. Not only does that make them squeamish, uh, they would kind of avoid some of those situations. But I'm telling you, there's a time when you may not be able to avoid that. And in any case, you and I need to step up. You need to step up. You think you have some faith? You think you're a strong person? You need to step up. Um, Jesus Christ did all that he did for a reason. And these people are the kind of people who would do what I just talked about. They would stone people on the spot. And it's recorded also. They were trying to murder Jesus! This is early on in his ministry. These guys were trying to murder him. And thus, one of the comments Jesus makes to them. Okay? So he's not being nasty. Don't be thinking he's, he's speaking the truth. This is, this is the way the world is. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things, the evil things he does. And this is all from Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now he says this for a reason. He is making sure they know that he knows. It's not about you as human beings doing dumb things to me. Satan has been getting human beings to do this from the very beginning. He is a murderer. And he will find ways to get human beings to murder other human beings. Yeah. He wants to make that point because they want to murder him. It just proves why Jesus Christ came. It's a desperate situation. The Messiah comes and they want to murder him. Satan has always hated the truth. Keep reading. Satan, he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, 
it is consistent with his character. Now pay attention to this because this is why I started with the character of God. The only true one. Because Jesus is saying, the one who is influencing you, the one who is dominating your thinking and your motivation and your behavior, you are reflecting his character. He's a murderer and he's a liar. He is a liar and the father of lies. Please underline that. He is the source of all lies. Every lie that gets told is because of Satan. Satan is the one who started it. He found a way to say a partial truth, but lie. And what's happening today in our world, especially world of politics, there is half-truth, and there is blatant lying. Everywhere. Everywhere. Guess where it comes from? Say. So don't just be thinking it's about this person or that person. This is Satan's game. This is, this is what he does. And you do not want to get sucked into it. Satan hates the truth. Now, this is interesting, and we'll talk about this some more down the road, but it's interesting that Jesus uses this terminology in terms of hating uh, the truth. Because it's, you know, you know, the way our world is operating right now, it's not just a matter of, you know, uh, what's hate speech and who's the hater and all this. Anybody who lies is, is under the influence of Satan. Anybody who hates Somebody else is under the influence of Satan, the murderer, the liar, the hater. And he does not want you to know the truth. He doesn't want anybody watching TV and on the Internet to know the truth. He hates the truth. So he's expending a lot of energy to put a bunch of nonsense into your brain every day and into your children's brains every day. And I hate to say it, but you and I have grown up taking in all kinds of information flow. And I'm telling you, Christians walk into a church building and they're not thinking about what's on their videotape from the time they grew up. They, they haven't gone back and discerned everything using the word of God, but I'm telling you, you kind of need to. You kind of need to. Because some of what you and I actually think and believe, what we've actually absorbed from the culture, is not of God. We have actually accepted some lies. Absolutely. Goes all directions, but Satan's behind the evil. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. <laughs> Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. This is, I want you to hang on to that last part. I want you to underline that last part because this, this is where Jesus went with his logic. This is it. This is where he went. You actually say you love God? You want to do, you know, what's right? Whatever you're going to say. And then you don't actually put into practice or live by 
the words of God. And sometimes some of what is said to you out of Proverbs or out of the mouth of Jesus makes you mad. Makes you mad. You know, when some people in the, in the world read the Bible, they get mad. Well, how dare God do that? How dare God say that? How? But you know what? Sometimes Christians, as Christians, we do not want the correction, even from the Father. We have enough rebelliousness in us that we read some things and we are like, oh, I don't think so. But it's come from the only source that's true. He's telling you the truth about the world, about yourself, about himself, about what needs to happen. He's telling you the truth. Always. Always. So every time I come to the Word of God, I get straightened out. And I get lifted up. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like grace and truth going together. I get straightened out. <laughs> And I get lifted up. What do human beings need? They need to get straightened out and lifted up. That's what the truth is about. And Jesus Christ comes speaking the truth. And these people, I'm sure, were offended. It made them matter. He was telling them the truth, but it just made them matter. They, they hated him <laughs> for saying this. They hated the truth. They hated him. You want to jump in, Ricky? You're all, you're, you're all right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I told you I get a little bit on a roll here. Okay, so um, what do they end up doing? Now, this I just have to include this. Uh, the next verse is what human beings go to. This is the go-to. When you don't like to hear something, you don't like to hear the truth, what do you do? You, you say something bad about the person. Yeah. You do. You label them somehow so, so you don't have to listen to them. And guess what Satan always does since he's the father of lies? He actually says just the opposite of what is true. He asserts the opposite of what is true over and over and over. In this case, Jesus just told them that their father is the devil, and what did they say about him? They call him the devil. You Samaritan devil. They, they, they were not going anywhere near the truth. So they put him in a box. That means we don't have to listen to you anymore. Now, I'm saying this partly because the way things are right now in the United States of America politically, if you look back through history, you hear somebody like a Søren Kierkegaard, yeah, sorry, saying, when you label me, you negate me. Interesting thing to say. But this has been going on since the beginning. Satan lies. He says the opposite of things. He puts people in categories. He divides them all up into little tiny categories so he can dominate them. It's very, very tricky. So I'm saying to you, this partly because you, you need to be able to identify this. When people start saying the opposite of what is true, 
or they're labeling somebody in a very negative way, like this person has no good in them at all, it's an extreme thing, something's up. Don't, don't, be, don't be accepting that because this person is a human being. They probably have some good aspects and some bad aspects. That's kind of what a human being is. I'm saying this because <laughs> we have to have some kind of perspective. And Jesus tries to give us perspective in everything he says. But they put it back on him, and it's totally negative. And then they're like saying, oh, you're demon-possessed, you're crazy, you're insane, blah, blah, blah. To Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. So, of course, they're going to do it to a human being. Anyway, this is, you know, it's interesting. Um, this is just one passage. Now, I've got to go through a couple things really, really fast. Because last time we talked about the key points. There are nine key points to LTD. If you haven't written these down, write these down. Uh, I won't be going through it every single time. Um, you got a comment? Yeah, the whole thing is, is discernment. Yep. And you're a Samaritan. He did grow up in Nazareth. Yep. Mm -hmm. Don't take just the surface of what people are saying and running that. Because right. all lives have an element of truth in them. Right. Jesus Christ is of Judah, and he was born in Bethlehem. Right. Right, right. So people will use anything they can to disparage. But, th th okay, so this, this is one of those things. Uh, first one is, first point is, if you do not learn to discern between what is good and what is evil, and I mean this in like the clearest possible way, because we live in a politically correct world, which actually says the truth of God is not permitted, you go to Canada, you go to Greece, you go to Saudi Arabia, you go to Iran, you go to uh, Cuba, you go a bunch of different places. You cannot speak the words of God. You will be deported. In some cases, you will be killed. You cannot speak the truth. You will be killed. You and I have to know between good and evil, and we have to, we have to be exerting some energy every day. Otherwise, we will unknowingly waste our lives. And there are tons of people around you who are living in a very superficial way. The veil is still down. They can't see things for the way they are at all. Now, you and I are, you know, we're learning. We're learning to discern. But they, they, the veil is still on for them. Point two, truth is only useful if it helps you to identify what is a lie. This is why Jesus had no problem saying some of these things to these people that are today are totally politically incorrect. You would never say this stuff. Jesus, what are you doing? You're going to offend this group, this people, these guys. These, hey, they got a lot of power. What are you going to do? Forget it. He's speaking the truth. He is the source of truth. Uh, yeah, you and I, we, if we memorize every verse in here, but we don't use it to discern our decision-making every day, we don't use it to test every piece of information coming into our brains, every idea, every assertion, every assumption that people have out there, man, we're, we're, just, we're just 
flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, you need to use the truth of God to be able to discern what is a lie. Otherwise, you'll just be in a big bowl of mush. Uh, point three, learning discernment takes practice every day. You must apply, live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is what Jesus says. That's what he was doing every day. You're a follower of Jesus, right? That's what he says. According to God, the sin cycle was started by a lie and is perpetuated to this day by lies. This is why a very large percentage of what's on television, on the radio, on the internet, is a lie. It's, it's, the, it's the using of technology to magnify the lies, to make them seem like it's true. Billions of people believe this, so it must be true. Not if God says otherwise. Nothing gets changed. You, you can have six billion people on the earth believing everything is this way. When Jesus Christ came to the earth, a lot of people talk about it as he was a revolutionary leader. No, he was the God the originator, the source of all things, coming to reconcile all things, to make them right, to rectify them. He's no Karl Marx. Don't be putting Jesus Christ in the same box with Karl Marx. He's no revolutionary. He is God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus Christ is God. He is not a revolutionary. He is coming to rectify things by speaking the truth from the maker of all things. He is no revolutionary. Satan turned things upside down. He says the opposite of everything all the time. Jesus Christ just comes and he sets it all back right. So yes, his followers, they overturned the world in a way, but they were turning it back right side up. You've you, you got to understand because there are all these influences, all these lies historically, even through the education system, kind of shape our thinking, and it has nothing to do with what's in the Word of God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Point five. This is why the world is filled with lies and sin past the point of saturation, because the people of God... Oh, I was too loud. Sorry. Sorry, Noemi. <laughs> <coughs> <clears throat> the people, uh, yeah, the people of God are supposed to be light. We're supposed to be saying something. We're supposed to be doing something different to bring light into the world. Jesus Christ brought the light into the world. We have the Spirit of Christ in us. The truth of Christ has set us free. We are supposed to be speaking the truth even if we get in trouble. It even seeps into our thinking as we live in the world. Now, this is just, it's just a reality. I'm, you know, I'm, I just am acknowledging what's going on. Point six, though, Christians often do not realize that they have accepted lies and allowed them to commingle with what they have learned from God. Satan uses this contamination to trick us into going along with evil things. Happens every day. 
happens every day. And you want political correctness is? It's peer pressure. Yeah, I'm sorry, back up, take a look at it. Political correctness is not only out of the Chinese Communist Manifesto, but it's, it's peer pressure. And if you're a parent, what do you tell your kids? But the world is dominated by some things from Satan, which are actually peer pressure. You better not say that. You want to get that promotion? You better not do that. Uh, you know, I, he's, trying, he's trying to set us free. He's trying to make us strong. And we're kind of like hedging. Point seven, what all is on the tapes in your mind? Baseline thinking, growing up, exposures, modeling, traumas, habits, fears, patterns, assumptions, all of this stuff out of your past factors in to kind of our susceptibility to certain lies. The brain kind of protects itself. Key sayings that you have heard often. Sometimes people, they, th they think that God said something that was in the Word of God somewhere and it was Ben Franklin. <laughs> you, you want to be sure about these things. Uh, point eight, what comes out of your mouth? Yep, this time. What comes out of your mouth? What comes out of the mouths of the people that you're working with? Uh, who you're standing with, what you're standing for. And then number nine is, how are you going to sort out what is from God and what is from the world, from Satan? How are you going to sort it out? That's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this. Uh, be praying through this. Stay in the Word of God. We have a lot more scriptures. In fact, I'm going to email you a bunch of scriptures this week to be digging into because there is so much meat related to this. God bless you this week. Stay strong.